Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jeff and myself, Christoph Katzbach, talking about the sermon from April 25th, 2021. Good day, Faith Church. Jeff here with another podcast. I'm joined today by Mr. Christoph. <laughs> I uh, that has to be like the most Australian introduction we've we, the podcast has had yet. Good day. Yeah, well, good day, mate. Good. Welcome, Christoph. <laughs> Welcome. I just I you know I I find it funny. I listen to the podcast every every week, and uh, the amount of time that's spent talking about the first two words that come out of Jay's mouth is is a lot. And I was like, we're, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that this morning. And then you said good day and I, I couldn't help myself. So thanks. It's one of those mornings, right? We've had a succession of cloudiness, right? Oh and man. So I just felt like, I know for me, I need that right now. I need like, this gotta be a good day. <laughs> it's, it's got, you're just, you're speaking it, you're thinking it, you're like, all right, it's going to uh-huh. be, it's going to be a good, day. it has been like just cloudy and rainy and thunderstormy. And we got, we got hail yesterday. That was wild. That was exciting. I know the grass is ready to grow, I think, now, too. Yeah, me too. I'm ready to grow. Cool. That the green hole. is here. So, yeah, this is exciting. We get to do this again, Christoph. I know. I'm excited. When 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 Jay and Robbie are out of the office, we, we get a chance to take over the podcast. And so uh-huh. I'm excited about it. All right. I have, before we even dive into... Uh, we basically get to be armchair quarterbacks for the sermon, right? Like we, neither of us gave the sermon last week, but we get to talk about it. Um, yes. But before we do that, I wanted to share with you. I think you th- you'd find this kind of cool. Um, it's a it's a tweet that I read, uh, which that that can be a flip of a coin. That can be either be a great thing or a not so great thing. But I I read this tweet and I thought it was great, and I want to share it with you. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know who Rebecca McLaughlin is. She just released a book that actually was, it's supposed to be really good. It's got a lot of really good reviews that I want to read. But um, basically she said this, my husband has three rules of engagement when we go to church. Number one, an alone person in our gathering is an emergency. Number two, friends can wait. Number three, introduce a newcomer to someone else. Let's all be missionaries at church today. Wow. What do you think of that? I love that. Isn't that great? Yeah, it. Yeah, that is. So that reminds me of something I heard years ago uh, when we were living in Milwaukee at Eastbrook Church from the pastor there. He said, there's two ways of walking into a room, and it's stuck with me ever since then. He said, there's a way of walking into a room where your first question is, where can I feel comfortable? Mm. Where can I go to belong? And, you know, you walk in and look for the people you know, right? Yeah. The other way of walking into a room is to think, who in this room needs to be blessed right now? Who in this room needs to be encouraged and welcomed in? And it's crazy that that little way he said it has stuck with me. It's been like 15 years at least since he since I heard it. And it's really affected me in the way I walk into a room. And I think that really is in concert with what that tweet said. It's like, what kind of eyes do we have on when we walk in? Yeah, I I feel I felt um just kind of a, a a twinge of feeling guilty because I, I think sometimes on Sunday mornings I get like really focused in on connecting with, you know, people that I'm already doing life with. And it's not for bad reasons, right? Like we're, we're connecting for all sorts of great reasons, but, um, but that challenged me. I don't know. Yeah. And that's a great point. Like, is it a comfort thing or is it a, how are, how are we viewing where we walk into not just church, but it feels like church can be sometimes the biggest, the easiest place for us just to go, well, I want to feel comfortable 
Uh, it's about what I'm going to get out of this uh, on this Sunday morning and not necessarily like how can I um, still even serve and pour out through uh, this this time together. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. That's good. Look at that, Jeff. You added on to yeah, it. Great tweet, though. Yeah, that's good. You know, those birds, speaking of tweeting, <laughs> a literal bird was outside our uh, right and outside our back patio door today trying trying desperately to build a nest where I do not want him to build a nest, Uh-oh. like right on the light, you know, right outside the door. So I, I'm hoping, hoping I caught him early enough, but uh, we'll see. It was not any a, tips for that. You're asking like the wrong person <laughs> when it comes to anything Sh- animal related. Short of like hiring a falcon to sit and watch. <laughs> Jeff, we bought, we, <laughs> we, we bought, we bought hermit crabs a couple weeks ago uh, at, at home. Sarah was really excited about getting these these hermit crabs, and um, because she had a hermit crab growing up, and she talked about how much she loved like it it, it crawling around and it was fun and it was cool. I'm like a hermit crab, really? And like I don't know if it's me. I think it's me. I think I'm the problem because the hermit crabs sit in like the office where I I tend to be often. But like these hermit crabs have just like dug themselves into the sand and they just won't come out like ever so like like they're hermiting even anything animals yeah anything well anything animals i'm terrible with so i should never get asked any questions about anything animal related ever period well this this robin seems determined so we'll see when i get home tonight just give it a stern talking to you know just look at look it in the eyes and just give it no just i think no i do feel like i have empathy for the for the bird i mean i understand the the need for a nest and a safe place, but just not right on the light, right outside our door. Just I not love the best how spot. spiritualized you made that. I was, I was like, <laughs> just get it out of it. You're like gentle. You want to be gentle and lovely towards the bird. <laughs> oh, I don't want it to work all day, and then I take the nest down. Oh, that's oh, not good. Okay. Anyway, so there was a sermon though that was. we were going to. Was, was the main goal today just to critique it? Isn't that what you said? Like we're just going to yeah. critique this sermon. I love the death. phrase "armchair quarterback." Like I feel yeah. like that's the that's kind of what we're doing. We're just going to sit back and <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we get a really cool opportunity just to share what um, what we were challenged by with the sermon. What mm-hmm. kind of stuck out to us? You know, for me, um, our gospel community meets on Sundays, and so we we usually talk about it and process through the sermon um, Sunday evening. So I have a few notes from that and. Um, yeah, I thought it'd be good to, to go through that. That sounds like a great plan. So this week's sermon was like the, the if we were to you know put a nice bow on top of it and just kind of give it, uh, it was, you are what you behold, right? Like mm-hmm. that was kind of the idea. And, and we as, as um, followers of Jesus want to behold Jesus um, in every walk of life was there something that like just like stood out to you or what were you challenged by i guess where 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 do you want to launch off from this well how about what if we read that those couple verses that were kind of the anchor could we start there yeah yeah so yeah. the ones that i wrote down um, around that phrase so you you become what you behold was first john three um two and three so it says beloved we are god's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Mm-hmm. So I think especially that uh, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So that that's that beholding that Jay was getting at. This It's like this gaze 
on Christ and seeing him for who he really is in his fullness and his, you know, all the glory, right? When he, when he appears, we will see that. So right now that's part of our life. So right? I'm, I'm still curious. Doing that. I'm curious how you'd answer this question. Cause I, I feel like I know how I would answer it. But um, one of the questions I wrote down was, it seems like what's being implied here in this particular verse is that we actually won't fully see him until, you know, the second coming. There's, we, we believe that Jesus is coming again. And, and part of what John is talking about here is that um, he has not yet appeared, but when he does appear, we shall be like him because we will see him as he is. So like, what is, would, would you agree that what John's talking about here is about this, this future event and not necessarily even something that's happening in the present? Or what would you say about that? It's like he's looking to what is assured that Jesus will return and we will behold him. And then, but he's not just saying that will happen someday. That's the way I see it. It's like, because of what's going to happen, we get to do this now. There's like a now and not yet or something like a, there's a future beholding, but that future beholding, it's like we anticipate that with our current beholding of him. I guess that's how I hear it. Does that make sense? That question makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like, it's. I think that one of the things that we can get caught up with often, and while we were reading this passage, I just, I like, I felt it is sometimes it's really easy to, um, I don't know the best way to put this, but to kind of export our sanctification to a future date to to hmm. basically go, yeah, I'll see him, you know at at that future date and and it's really easy to kind of um oh, what's the phrase miss the trees looking through the forest is that is that, is that how the phrase goes <laughs> miss the trees oh, the... looking through the forest or miss the forest looking at the trees what one or the other i'm butchering yes. that that's awful i know the phrase i think everyone listening knows what you mean yeah <laughs> hopefully i but like we we're, we're like we're like so looking into the future to this future coming of jesus that it's it's not impacting our here and now and verse three like is that verse three i think it's verse three i actually i wrote over it i put a little bracket around it so i can't see yeah it's verse three and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies him uh himself as he is pure mm-hmm. um is that it, it does seem like there is both this Yes, that day, when that day arrives, um, there will, we will see in full. Um, but right now, there is still a hope that we have that drives mm-hmm. us towards looking more like him, looking at him, um, even though that moment isn't right now. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And the word appear, like, it's just it's so certain. It's like when it happens, not if it happens or maybe it will happen. It's It's certain he will appear and and it's interesting too thinking about hope right after easter right that Mm. the in the resurrection of jesus we know that he overcame sin and death and satan right there's nothing that um, could now possibly prevent him from returning like he's defeated these enemies and and his return will be the ultimate you know final defeat right the battle has been the decisive battle has been won but there is still work to be done that he's doing, right? And yeah. I think that that relates to this hope as well. I, I always have to remind myself too, and that hope is not wishing. It's not um, just just really certain, you know, like wishy-washy. Yeah. Like I really, it's actually the joyful anticipation of good. And it's based on, 
past events that God has done and, and who God is, that we can be assured of that hope. Yeah, there's like a confidence, right? Like, yes. like hope underneath hope. I, I think authentic hope. Well, maybe not even to say authentic hope because it feels like there's two different versions of hope, right? There's like a, hmm. there is a hope that is a wishing. Like, I, I think it's fair to say that. But like, whenever we talk about hope in terms of a biblical hope that we have in, in Christ, there is a, an assurance, there is a confidence in, um, in the promises that he has made, right? Yes. We have good reason for the hope that we have. It's different than like, you're blowing out the candles on a cake, and you know, if you get them all out, the wish comes true, right? I do love that's yes. that's very different. Uh, or throwing a coin into a you know p- body of water and, and making a wish that it will come true. That that is a different kind of thing than the hope that we have in Christ. So yeah, I I love this idea though. This becoming what you behold. Do you, Christoph? I, I'm curious. Like when you hear that phrase. What other what other phrases or are there synonyms that are going through your head that you're using to frame it for yourself and understand it? Like especially around beholding. Like is what's other words that that you were thinking? So other synonyms, sorry, I was like as you were saying that I was looking up another passage, but um So, so become ask the what question you again. behold. Become what you behold you know, works well because there's these bees, right? Becoming and beholding. <laughs> yeah. But uh I wonder if you know, we don't use the word behold a ton in our normal conversations. Mm-hmm. So did you have like other phrases either that came out in gospel community or that as you heard the sermon that you were using instead of that or to to draw it out a little bit? Hmm. I don't I don't think specifically in terms of beholding because I, like I, I think beholding has a, a really unique beholding conjures up kind of a, a unique image in my mind. Hmm. When I when I behold something, there is a. I'm I'm spending time, energy, you know, emotional energy, reverential energy on something, right? So like, when we behold something, we're we we are ascribing. Well, I guess worshiping, right? We are ascribing a value. Something has always stuck with me that. Like the definition of worship, worship, and I, if if like any youth stumbles on this podcast, they're going to be like, yeah, we know Christoph because you talk about this all the time. Um, but I, but I frequently make sure to define worship because I think sometimes we miss out on the definition is that it's it's ascribing worth, it's worth uh, ship, and it's uh it's this ascribing of worth and value to something. And so like we in in how we live our lives, we worship and and ascribe value to all sorts of things, right? Um, and when I think of beholding, I just I think of like the ultimate worship. It, it is the thing that we put in and ascribe the most value to. And so um, I think it's a really I, I think thinking of it in that light, thinking of it as more, um, I guess reverential. I guess is the, is the best word I can think of. Like there is a reverence to it. It is more than just a passing kind of flippant. Um, you know, channel. It's like you you could be channel surfing, right? Like that's one thing. Like you sit on the TV and you're just like channel surfing, and like kind of whatever pops up. But then there's like this. You go out of your way. Uh, you know, if it's um uh the, the Marvel universe, and you're going out of your way to get the ticket in the front seat because you behold this specific. I don't know if that's a it's a good analogy or not, but there's a big difference between that, right? Same experience, right? You are still consuming a a, a well, an art form of some sort, but um, there's something different. Does that make sense? Is that a fair? It does. And actually, 
so that's really helpful too that you know in your mind so you could also say the phrase you become what you worship yeah the way oh. you're talking about the word behold yeah right yeah 100 percent. and and we we do that with all things and what what's what's useful for me is like reverse engineering that then because because then it becomes um it becomes not just like a, a goal to ascribe to it also becomes a diagnostic tool to go what am i beholding in my life what am i ascribing worth to in my life because we all do it whether we like it or not that is like part of our dna part of our um part of being human is that we uh we worship we ascribe worth to things and so i can i can like jay's sermon i can um work on beholding and worshiping jesus but i can also go okay what are the things in my life that i ascribe worth to because those are the things that i'm worshiping mhm you know so and that's that's something i think um i don't know if we want to transition then to this question this is something that really stuck out to me and something that just is still sticking to me then is like how then do we do that how then do we um identify the things in our lives that we are beholding over Christ like what are the mm. things in our lives that we are um, beholding over Jesus because it's really easy to listen to a sermon like Jay's and go yes 100% I totally agree with that um, but then you know not take the actual time to um, go how do how, how do I know in my life what I'm beholding so well, how would you answer that question Jeff like somebody came up to you and they're like okay I want to behold Jesus more How how do I do that well, I think that just asking that question sincerely, you know, prayerfully is the first step is to say, okay, Lord, I want to behold you. I believe that seeing you for who you are is transformative. I want to know you better. So I think just telling him that, first of all, would be the first thing that I would recommend. But to me, there's a couple steps that probably go into beholding. And one of them certainly is, has to do with attention. So where my attention is, my mind goes and, and then I behold something. So you could say like, am I attuned to Christ? Do I, you know, think about an hour of your life during the day. How often does your mind go to, to him versus other things? And it's not like the goal is to take every minute of that hour and say it's every minute is on Christ, his cross, his resurrection. That's not the point. But if we go days and days and days without any attention focused on him, I think it'd be very difficult to behold him the way you're describing, like a worshipful gaze that that ascribes value and worth, doesn't doesn't um, produce it. The worth and the value is there. We're just seeing it, right? And mm -hmm. responding to that in Christ. So I guess maybe one question to ask ourselves could be, where where do I place my attention? Like, what is my preoccupation? Yeah, that's a hard one, right? Because w whether we like it or not, it's it's funny. We 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 when we're sitting, it's kind of like the if you're getting a, your oil changed at a local auto body shop and you're sitting there waiting for it to be done, and you don't have any access to a phone or any mobile device or anything like that. Where does your mind wander? Like, what are you thinking about? Where where are you going? And uh, it's hard because there's like this passive element to it. Like, where am I passively going to? So it's the moment you try to actively think about it. It's the moment you're kind of like sabotaging the effort at um, identifying it. But that's that's how we do it. I, and I, I like how you, you use the word attention. That's another great 
kind of synonym, I think, to mm-hmm. beholding and to even worship is like, what are we then um, giving our attention to? Let me ask this question. What do you think, if, if you had to name some, like what do, you, what do you think there are things that are stealing the attention of Christians out there today? And maybe it, that's a hard question mm-hmm. to ask. Maybe I'm kind of putting you uh, in, a, in a hard spotlight because you're going to call out some sins or idols, but what would you, what would you think some of the big ones are? Well, I mean, my mind goes to categories, right? And so if, so if I, if I believe that we are designed to focus our, our heart, our mind, our body upon the Lord, right? And then his, what he's doing in the world, that would, I would say that is the plot. That is the main plot. Is, he's, sorry, he's, define he, that one more time. He's redeeming the world. So like okay. right now that God is doing this. He's drawing people to himself. He's creating a people. And and this part of what is this ongoing drama that we are now a part of as we are redeemed as well. God renewing the world. And um, so that's the plot. And unfortunately, I think for us as humans, it's just really easy to replace the plot with like side agendas. And the agendas actually might not be like bad. Actually, it's not like the the side projects are necessarily sinful. It's just that they're not the main thing. So when you when you take um, the problem is though when you take something that's actually like a side project or a side agenda and make it the main plot of your life, it it gets out of order and it does become like an idol like you're describing. So, I mean, this year has seen tons of opportunities to do that with all kinds of political agendas. So politics, I do think, is a way that we can be easily distracted, may, may not be the right word. It's almost like our, again, thinking about attention, the attention can be hijacked. And it doesn't mean, and what I'm not saying is that those political things aren't important. They are, actually. A lot of these causes are very important but they aren't the main thing. And, and we, we can become consumed by them and making them happen. And as we do that, our hope becomes placed in making those agendas happen. Mm. Yeah. And, and, I, I think... and then other people become like, if you're in the way of that agenda, you're an enemy of mine and yeah. you're, or, or, or just an obstacle. Right. And yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, I was, I was thinking too, what we, we tend to do is we sideline a bit of our theology and we, so that's a really great way of putting it, and you, you've kind of got my mind racing a little bit on it, mm. is that the main point is God is redeeming his creation, and we, as believers, get the incredible opportunity to be a part of it. The problem is when believers try to change it from God is redeeming all of his creation to uh, we are redeeming all of his creation, right? Yes. We kind of like, we, we put it on ourselves and in doing so, we end up we, we end up doing a few things. So I, I said that we, we we table some of our theology, and what we do is like all of a sudden we are the ones who sanctify other people, not the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I see that I and I know that I like I, I guess I say that out of my own conviction. Like I've been there where like I have tried to play the role of the Holy Spirit in other people's lives, and I do a terrible job at it. That's not my job. My job isn't to convict people of their sin. My job is to uh, to, to love other people and to be a part of part of that process, but like it's it's the Holy Spirit that convicts people of their sin. We also we 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 have the tendency to reject God's sovereignty or table God's sovereignty and in, in trusting that He is like He is working together all things for the glory for for His good and you know for for His glory and for our for our good. 
and we we tend to table that and it's interesting to me because these are like these are like doctrines and theologies that we believe are like important doctrines like God's sovereign. God is sovereign. He is all powerful. He is all knowing. We, you know, the fact that the Holy Spirit is the one who sanctifies, who brings about conviction, who, um, who, who then, you know, uh, when I say sanctification, I mean that's the process of becoming holy. It's the process of um, God making us feel convicted of our sin, repenting our sin before Him, asking for forgiveness, and then walking um, in that newness of life. You know. And I just think that, as you were saying that, it made me just so think of the fact that we have this tendency to try to be the ones that are doing it. You know, it is just yes. like, that is our bend sometimes, is to be the ones who are doing it. And we get the opportunity, and it's, sorry, I'm like kind of going off now. But like, we, we um, in doing that, one, we miss out on the opportunity that God has called us to join with him in that. Yes. And all of a sudden we miss that blessing, right? And we're, we're rejecting like the, I don't know we 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 are rejecting the truth that we believe in. I don't know, man. It, so you said that, that that really clicked with me. Well, it's interesting. They again, it's not that these other things are bad. It's just right. they are not the main thing, right? And they can become the main thing. You know, in addition to like this year, politics is the, the obvious one that probably came to a lot of people's mind. Is Jay was preaching too, but you know, hobbies are the same way. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with hobbies. Hobbies are, I think, a gift, but they can become instead of just um, part of the life that we're living with Christ, they can become all-consuming where our attention and energy and really they're preoccup- they make us preoccupied with that hobby and it takes on a size that it's not meant to. It outgrows itself and becomes like a competition, like a competitor to God, like our, for our hearts, for our love. Um, there's something about what we love, right? Also, that we become like that. It's these words are all a bit synonymous, and in, in... yeah, yeah. It it reminds me of, and I, I I guess I think in terms of like middle school and high school a lot because I work with middle schoolers and high schoolers. But I was just thinking, I don't know if you were like this at all in in high school, but I I certainly was that like I would I would judge others, um, what I thought about them based upon like really silly criteria criteria of my own like i was really big mm. into music and so like the music you listen to like it made like i i almost judged people's characters based upon solely upon like the music they listened to and part of that was because i was so i was beholding um music and i was beholding artists and i was beholding all of that and it just it caused me to um have such a disordered view of others when i was when i was in high school i've t- i've talked about this frequently um but at one point i, I you know i did the uh, i did the youth group thing where i like trashed all of my cds and mm-hmm. um while i don't think you necessarily have to go that way like that to me was like a really important thing to do in the moment like i i realized looking back on it i was judging people based upon the music they listen to are you serious but when we behold jesus what do we do that how do we then view other people how did jesus view people he he loved them like he he went out of his way he served them he did not come to be served but to serve and all of a sudden as we're beholding jesus that's then um it's that total perspective shift it yes it totally it changes it radically changes the way we interact with god and with other people and how we categorize them i mean it's you know it's somewhat humorous to think of the music thing i can relate to that by the way yeah from from that season in my life but there's all sorts of ways that we do that that I, I think they're just so subtle that we don't realize it, but there are ways that 
they're signifiers. They're ways that we separate people into categories. And most of those signifiers are totally empty and worthless. Yeah. They, they are, they're superficial or they're just one part of a person. And uh, the danger is those can become really meaningful and they become how we, you know, who's in or who's out and who do we love and who do we don't. And, you know, as someone who wants to follow Jesus, we don't have the option of saying, I'm going to love this person and not this person, right? He makes it so clear. We love even our enemies. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. I mean, I can, I might get in trouble for saying these, but like, I was just even thinking you're talking about hobbies, right? Like, Sorry, not to totally just continue on this, but like I, I, I think this is so important. This is so good because it's such a good indicator of what we're beholding. Um, you, you said before that those, these hobbies are, you know, can be good. They, they are ultimately meaningless, but they're, but they're, but they have good opportunities. I was thinking of like football, right? Like sports. Mm. Um, sports are great. They're fun. It's fun to watch a football game with friends. It's fun to, um, to even talk about sports and uh, theorize about who's going to get drafted. Like those are all fun things. But like. Let me tell you, as a Bears fan growing up about 40 minutes, you know, uh, north of Pack of Lambeau Field, like I, I could tell sometimes that people were like, I would like there was an automatic judgment call because I was a Chicago Bears fan. Um, and what's interesting to me is like, okay, I get it. We have a rivalry. Like, I, I get it. That's a thing. Um, but like, it bums me out that like there are some people that go, they, they go hard on on the Bears Packers thing. And I'm like I just I just enjoy watching a football team and I enjoy their history. Like if you like the Packers, that's totally fine. And some of my favorite like friendships, I'll say this, like I have galvanized friendships around getting to watch like sports together and they are Packer fans and I am Bears fans and we get to have those conversations mm-hmm. and we get to have that fun together. Um but we look at it as something but but that's because and I mean most of those friendships are with with other believers and so we obviously have the um uh, we are galvanized around Christ, but like we've, we've talked and we've lamented over the fact that like we have friendships that have just like been nuked out of nowhere because of sports, like because, yeah. because of sports. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Yes. Man. Yes. I mean, especially thinking about the beauty and really the amazing thing that we get to be part of what God's doing in the world. Like we get to join him in that compared to like, so identifying that as the main thing we're about and uniting over that versus like sports. Yeah. Um, sports are awesome. Play is an important part of creation. I really believe it is. For sure. It, it's just, it's just not the main thing. No. And, and like, it is looking at something that is a, that is a blessing from God. that can be a blessing from God and then just completely distorting it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, you know, that's a bummer. So anyways, Sorry. If that was too real to some Packer fans who listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it just came to mind. I said it, and maybe I'll regret the fact that this is recorded, and if it gets posted online, it's on there forever, but it is what it is. So, I, I'm curious. I have a question, Christoph. So okay. as you discussed you know, this beholding Christ with your gospel community, I'm curious, Like, did you guys get to the point of talking about what would be helped like a practical step of okay so if you've identified that you want to do this more what would it look like did you guys get there at all i mean we yeah a little bit i i I think we we talked i think the big thing in this you were asking for synonyms to be holding and one that came to mind Mm -hmm. that i don't think is really a synonym but it was 
a common theme that we said was just like rhythms, like like daily mm-hmm. rhythms. And that to me resonates. Maybe that resonates with me because of like music or whatever, but we have rhythms in our lives and I am a creature of habit. I'm a huge creature of habit. Like I just, I like having my systems set in place and going with them. Um, but you have to have daily rhythms that are centered around Christ. You have to have those rhythms. If we firmly believe that God's word is God's word, like there, we need to have that as a part of a daily rhythm in our life. We just, we just have to, like, if we believe that com- like prayer is actual communication with God, that he listens to it, and not only listens to it, but responds to it, like, that has to be a daily rhythm of our life. It just, it, there's just no, I know it's like banging on that drum of, like, read your Bible and pray, but, like, when we actually boil it down to the roots of what it actually is and what we say we actually believe, those have to be daily rhythms in our lives if we are to behold Jesus, if we are going to become more like him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyways, I mean, that's, that's what we talked about. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's interesting that it it can sound so like, of course, or, or too basic, but I mean, another way of saying it is if you, if you want to behold Jesus, if I want to do that today, I need to spend time with him. Right. Like that, that's another way of saying it. It's like, if I want to become like him, I want to see him, I need to be with him. And the way that right now we do that, since he, he's not going to physically walk into the room today. I don't believe the way that he's given me to do that is to interact with him in prayer over the word of God that he has given us. And for me, getting that, like the big picture in view helps me to do that in a way that I wouldn't. So it's not just, I need to read my Bible, right? It's, I want to spend time with the living Lord of the universe. And the way I can do that is to just open up the Bible and interact with him over it. And to me, that really changes that time. So I think having that as an anchor, uh, you know, at some point during the day is really going to be important. And I think being in the Gospels in particular, where we can see Jesus, you know, see him teaching and healing and interacting with other people and with God, to me is so valuable to learn what he is like. Um, Kind of the things that you have to sort of imagine the scene in your mind, but that's really valuable. Um to, to really beholding him for who he is. Cause he was a human being, right. Who really lived and walked on the earth. Yeah. It's, it reminds me and just, you know, it's still kind of just a recent thing to me. Like when I, when I lost a bunch of weight, there was something that I heard when it came to weight loss is that uh, when it comes to baking daily rhythms into your life, it's not complicated. It's hard. It's not complicated. And like, that's a really important thing to think about hmm. is like, I'm not going to sugarcoat and say, Hey, it's always going to be easy getting time in your Bible. You might have to wake up earlier than you expect. You might have to table time doing something else. You, you're going to have to take a portion out. It's, but, but it's not complicated. And that's why we always go back to the simple truths It's not complicated. It's, it's, it's just hard. And it's a good, but it's a, but it's a good thing. Like it's a good thing. It's worth it. And you have to constantly remind yourself uh, of that. And I, I think that when you see those daily rhythms baked in and as you're seeing in your life, as you are, um, as you are beholding Jesus, like it is so absolutely worth it. We're not promised easiness in this life because of it. it it's still going to be hard. And in a lot of ways, I think as we're beholding Jesus, life sometimes gets even more hard because all of a sudden we do start to see more of the brokenness of the world. But we also get to see some of the more, you know, some of the other blessings that happen in the world. We get to see how to love other people. We get to see how to love the least of these. Like those, those are all incredible things that we cannot trade 
for, for the world, you know? What, what would it profit us to um, lose our soul but, but gain the world, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Any other thoughts from the sermon, Jeff? No, I think this this is great, Christoph. I mean, the other point that really struck me that I think we've covered is just that what we'll find as we behold Christ is that all these different um, desires or things that we pursue outside of him are only ultimately fulfilled and found in him. Yeah. So whether it's like I'm pursuing belonging through something or I'm pursuing intimacy in some way with people or I'm pursuing love, I want to be loved, what we ultimately find is that those things are only found ultimately in Christ. They're all like that desire is almost a symptom of our need and our, um, our, it's almost like a craving for communion with Christ. And I think as we behold him more and more and more, we see that, oh, this could really, I mean, yes, I get to love other people, but really ultimately the love I desire can only come from him. And even when I receive it from others, it's coming from him. You know, we kind of, we start to see that more and more. I think that's part of the gift of this beholding. Totally, totally. And that's, that is a great point is that we are, the things that we long for at their roots are all fulfilled in Jesus. And we just have to trust that. That's part of that hope, right? That's part of that confidence that, that he will, going all the way back to when we were talking about, about hope and, and having confidence in the fact that that is true. That is true. That is all fulfilling God. So uh, if you have any questions for the podcast, I, I think Jay and Robbie are going to be back next week. I'm not totally sure. We'll see. We're flying by the by the seat of our pants. Um, but if you have any questions that you want tackled on the podcast, um, any ways that we can be praying for you, anything like that, uh, you can connect with us on our website, faithchurchpeshko.com. Reach out to us on Facebook any way possible. We'd love to be praying for you. And I know that, that, that any of us would love to tackle um, any questions you have here on the podcast. So please send them in. Uh, But for that, um, I think we are going to go. Grace and peace of Jesus go with you.